Hi, this is Diana Gladney, and you're listening to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast with John Hewlin. Let's jump into this week's episode. This is Relationships and Revenue, the show where real answers come from real discussions about what holds men back in their relationships at home and in business. A better bottom line at work means improving life at home. This show is all about helping you become a better entrepreneur and a better man. Welcome back, everyone, to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast. I am your host, John Hewlin. So glad you decided to join me today. And as you heard from the intro, I have the lovely, the infamous, the spectacular Diana Gladney with me. Diana, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, John. Thanks so much for having me. You bet. You bet. So, folks, Diana is one of a kind. I've been following her career in this world of video for a couple of years now, and she's really good. So let me just say up front, she is somebody you need to get to know. You need to, if you're an entrepreneur, for sure, you need to get to know her. And let me tell you why. Besides the fact that she's into video, that's really not even getting strongly enough into it. But Diana, she's a video strategist. I, nay, she's a video coach. That's right. I said it. She's a video coach. She is the host of the Video Simplified podcast. But I think there's one other title she probably holds very dear. I'll say two. Aunt, daughter, sister. So knowing a little bit about you, Diana. Take us back because the world of video and YouTube, my suspicion is not where things started for you. So give us a better idea of kind of how you came into this, what kind of led up to it and where you see yourself headed. Okay. So if we were to travel back in time five years ago, um, you would have found me still working at the bank, had been in the financial services industries for about, oh, I was getting close to a decade even. So I was working at the bank and I started getting sick and I wasn't quite sure what was wrong, but I just know I kept going from doctor to doctor, specialist to specialist. And it wound up being uh, a disease that I just, a chronic disease that I have to deal with. Mm. But I didn't know that at the time and none of the doctors did either. So Finally went to the last one, just frustrated, 16 months, and the worst pain I ever felt before in my life, and wind up having to have emergency surgery, and that would be day one of a lifelong journey of dealing with this debilitating disease. Okay, well, got back to work 30 days later. That definitely hadn't fully healed from the surgery and everything, but PTO ran out and everything else did too. Yeah. So I'm sitting there uh, in my cubicle, and I'm starting to think like, Okay, well, unfortunately, woke up from surgery and they're like, okay, so here's what happened. You almost died, and here's the reasons why. And that changes things for you very drastically versus whatever plans for a promotion or another role or anything else that you had an idea to do. And so I knew I didn't want to die that way, which wouldn't have been bad or something. It's just the idea of not really doing anything or having achieved anything because you know, just living in that perpetual state of one day and eventually and stuff like that. Well, fast forward a year later, decided to hire a, a business coach because I decided that I wanted to go for uh, something that I, I just wanted more than what my job could offer. And it's not the job's fault. It's just I was more, I don't know, just hungrier for something more. Mm-hmm. Started my own business. And the first thing that my business coach tells me is uh, you need to do video. And I'm looking at him like, sir, you're, you're insane. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, <laughs> those same seven photos circulating on Facebook are always the same seven photos. Like, I bet you didn't see this one from two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just the person to be behind the camera and I'll take the picture for you, but I don't want to be in the picture. Mm-hmm. So let alone video is not my thing. Um, but wind up, you know, going from, I'm nervous like most of anybody is when they're first trying to figure out their first video. Mm. And it's like just 60 to 90 seconds. You can do it. And I'm like, okay. So I'm walking around the house trying to find a good corner or a good wall or something. Mm. Eventually settle on my car. It's about 90 degrees outside. Got the Whitney Houston lip sweat thing going on. 
<laughs> and nervous <laughs> as a chicken crossing the highway. And I just hit record. And when I was done with that video and I watched it back, I was like, you know what? It's not that bad. And it wasn't that I was starting in video in that way. I was starting just to promote the consulting business that I had just started alongside working at the bank. And um, because he challenged me to do video and to do a video challenge where every so many days do a new video and like just get to the point you make 30 videos, post them in this Facebook group and stuff like that. Uh, well, every new video led to a new problem because I'm like, why is everybody else's video that they're uploading look better than mine? Or why does it sound this way? Or why this and why that? And so every problem led to a new search on YouTube and eventually got to the point to where I was like, nobody's answering this right. Either they're a photographer or cinematographer or something. And that sucks because I don't know what the heck they're talking about with all this language and jargon. And I'm like, you're speaking foreign language to me. Um, and it was like, you know what, I'm going to make a video about it. Well, my audience responded well to it and they continued to respond well to it versus anything else. So fast forward, here we are. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that you put it that way. <clears throat> it makes me think of a, I view him as a coach and mentor, even, even though he hasn't technically coached me and mentored me, Dan Miller. He wrote the book, 48 Days to the Work You Love. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that Dan talks about is if you get asked the same question three times, meaning by three different people, it's time to create a course. So with that thought in mind, it's a little early on in our discussion, but it just prompted me to think of it. Um, what do you have going on right now that you want people to know about? So my team and I were working on a course called Mastering micro and mastering micro content, which is the basis because you may get to a point to where you're posting your videos. Maybe they're hosted on your website or you post them on LinkedIn or something like that. But the redistribution of that and repurposing that content so that you're not always having to record something new or, but you're giving new life to your existing content for entrepreneurs. And so on September 1st, we're going to be launching that course, which is mastering micro. So that's the current focus right now. Okay. So for those of us who may not know exactly what you mean when you say micro, so let's, let's talk specifically to that entrepreneur right now, Diana, the one who was like you when you first, and your business coach is telling you, you need to do video and you're like, uh, okay, that, all right, I have a phone, but right. I, I don't know <laughs> what I'm doing. So when you say micro, tell us what you mean by that. Sure. So you have macro content, which is essentially your main content. So maybe that is your full video podcast or even audio podcast or your regular YouTube video or whatever that core video is that you're starting with. Let's call it pillar content. Mm. Well, we can take bits and pieces of that snippets, if you will, and repurpose that where we'll take maybe anywhere from 15 seconds up to 60 seconds, even two or three minutes even of that tip that focus point, whatever it is, and we'll take that, redistribute that to Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, or the like, so that your audience can see not just the stuff that you're making and creating to go back to that original piece, but actually get value from those small micro bits of content that you're able to distribute on social media. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you for explaining that to us. Sure. Um, because... I thought I knew what you were talking about, but I just wanted to make sure. Uh, fortunately, that is something that I am doing more of right now is making that the micro content out there from something I've already created. <laughs> Which, by the way, folks, be looking out for that from this episode, because not only will we have the full episode out there, we will also have micro content from it available as well that you can consume little bits and pieces to hopefully entice you to listen to the full. All right. So I'm going to throw it out there. What does it take to succeed in the video world? Because Diana, let me be honest with you. There's a lot of bad video out there. Just <laughs> horrible. Um, I, what I like to tell people, uh, one of the things is I'm a speaker. Mm. I've been doing it for a very long time. And I'm a speaker snob. A communicator snob. I have no problem saying that. Just because someone knows something doesn't mean they know how to say it. True. The same thing is true when it comes to video. 
just because you have something great to say doesn't mean it is presented well. So I guess help us understand better what it's going to take to succeed in a video-driven world. Well, that's a great question, and I'm really glad that you asked because there is a sea of poor content, and the reason why you keep seeing that sea of poor content is because most creators and entrepreneurs alike that are just getting started in video suffer from a disease called good enough. And they assume <laughs> that what I'm starting at is good enough and I don't need to change because they honestly devalue what the video can do. And most people mm. get started in video with the poor assumption that they hope that it does something instead of creating content that is designed to do a job. Every video mm. should do a job, whether that's to communicate a message, share a point or something. If you think about the little snippets of, uh, or just the even pieces of chicken that they used to give you at the mall, and that's how all of us got to know what orange chicken was and General Tso's chicken, whatever other stuff that these restaurants would, you know, come up with because they would give it to you on a toothpick or in a cup and you'd be like, geez, that was delicious. Like what? Okay, let me go get this whole thing. Well, they didn't say if we have cooked the food, if we have put the seasoning or the sauce on it, then that's good enough. They gave you a really good portion of what you could get in full. Well, with video, most people assume that their audio from across the room or the office with no microphone up close is good enough. Mm. Yes, you can start with your phone, but I don't have to clean the camera off or even think about that. It's good enough. I posted it, good enough. And it's not to say that your content needs to be perfect, but it does mean that you need to take a care into what you're doing. So what it takes is consistency because at some point, even if you start that way, you'll get sick of yourself or you'll get sick of the content underperforming and now you're led to a decision where either you're going to quit or you're going to start focusing on improving your quality little bit by little bit. And so that's usually what it is, is most people, they'll get to the point, they'll produce a lot, but it may not be great or it may not be performing the way that they pre would prefer. And so they'll quit. And so consistency becomes a problem. So every time they try to start it back up again, like we're getting close to 2022 starting off and you'll see a lot of bad videos come out because people are trying to get back into the consistency. Well, if you didn't quit and you focus on quality, by the time this new year came around, you would be better. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So that of course leads me into another question. And that is, let's assume that most people who are listening to this, let's stop. We're talking specifically to the entrepreneurs right now. Mm -hmm. Entrepreneurs who Again, we're making another assumption here. We're making another assumption that they know their brand. Okay. Mm -hmm. I realize that's a big assumption to make, but let's just do that for now. That they know <laughs> their brand. Okay. And they know how to stay on brand. All right. With that assumption in mind, let's think of the person who is in the very beginning stages. I, I would call this person a beginner to kind of touching intermediate, but not really when it comes to the recording of video. Mm -hmm. Let's talk to that person for a minute. In your opinion, what are essentials? What are things that entrepreneurs who, who know that video content is so important to what they're about, both professionally as well as personally, what kinds of things do we need in order to be successful, in order to create something that's worth watching? I would say at that point, when you're getting to that stage, like you're getting past beginner and you're getting into that intermediate stage or getting close to it, it's refinement. Again, mm -hmm. it's just another level of good enough to where you assume maybe because you saw somebody else go viral or whatever popular channel or something mm -hmm. content, you're like, well, they're doing it. So what I'm doing is good enough. And it may not be for you and your audience and just you yourself. And so refinement is necessary. Even though you know your brand, that has nothing to do with the refinement of how you deliver that message and how that message is being communicated on video. And refinement will always con be continuously a thing to deal with because new platforms cause us to create in new, uh, different ways. Yeah. You have TikTok, which made us get uncomfortable 
with doing horizontal video and transitioning to vertical formats. And then we also were introduced to time constraints where YouTube will let you go for as long as you want to, as many videos as you want to with no caps. Whereas on TikTok, Instagram Reels or the like, it started at 30 seconds, then 60 seconds, or even going back to 15 seconds. You know, well, what can I do in that? You can do a lot if you can refine your messaging and things like that to be conducive to the platform and the way that people prefer to receive content. So with those different changes, you have where, yes, your message may be good, but are you getting kind of long-winded with most mm -hmm. things that could be refined into something better? I have a, a lot of people that will ask, like, do I use a teleprompter? And it's like, no. It's like, well, how do you get your statements concise? Social media will train you and your audience will train you to be more concise. If they're only going to watch a 15 to 30 seconds, you better be getting to the point at second two. <laughs> like you better be right. showing, sharing or something in that regard. And so it's always going to be a refinement of your messaging or even your quality to, it's not always like spending a ton of money, but what could be improved and make a significant difference for maybe a small dollar effect. And so that's something to always look at your brand. You may have clarity in your brand and your messaging and who you're helping with what specifically. Fantastic. But the refinement of that message is always going to call, come into question and be called to question with new introduction of platforms and as our audience changes and shifts. Okay. So let's dig a little deeper into that. Okay. Let's say that I'm ready to do that. I'm ready to refine. So let's get down to the nitty gritty. What do I need in order to get to a better level of recording? I'm, I'm be, be real specific. Talk about, you know, the different types of equipment that are out there. Mm -hmm. And then you can be even more specific if you want to, as far as brands. And again, folks, we'll be sure to include stuff like this in the show notes. So for those of you who are driving or who are on the treadmill, please don't stop to write this down. I don't want to hear about accidents and people get hurt. <laughs> so <laughs> for sure. So the thing now, if we're going into technically speaking, quality is it, it can be a money pit if you're not careful because you can assume mm. you need to buy something else for it to be better. If your messaging sucks, the more expensive the camera will not help you or microphone. <laughs> However, you do want to think about <laughs> yeah, the I truth. I love that. Okay, say that again. Say that that was that is so key. I want you to say that again, please. I I didn't have it saved. I have to think of how I said it now. <laughs> it's like if your con, but essentially if your content sucks. A more expensive microphone or a more expensive camera will not help you. It can look pretty and still have a 1% average view duration and nobody's watching. So it doesn't matter. Your content is still going to be uh, the king, but your quality should still be in the royal household. <laughs> mm -hmm. So if you, the, the, the approach that I take with it, Diana, is <laughs> when the equipment is holding me back, then it's time to upgrade. Mm -hmm. That ties in with what you're saying about messaging. Because if I have crap messaging, I don't need great equipment for crap messaging. Indeed you I just don't. <laughs> Indeed you do not. And so that's the other thing is that, yes, if the equipment is holding you back or if something new was released that mm -hmm. could increase your efficiency, then that helps you with the production of content. So, for example, most people will start out with one microphone. And surprising most people, I'm not finished to talk about cameras first because your phone, they make feature films that sell at the box office or even get promoted to television, primetime television, it was recorded on smartphones. So your smartphone is plenty, and we'll get to, to cameras in a second, but the biggest thing is going to be audio because there's a thing called audio exhaustion that most people don't know about or pay attention to, which is to say if your audio is such of a poor quality, it is hurting their ears because our ears are more sensitive uh, than our eyes at that point, and we're consuming video content. If you're introducing audio exhaustion, they're not staying to listen. They're not forgiving of that. The quality, they can be a little bit more forgiving, but audio is a no-go. So most people start with one microphone and it's usually the wrong kind because mm. they're going to pick up a ton of environmental noises, background taps on a desk and everything else. And again, we're now introducing audio exhaustion. And you assume because you bought something from Amazon that you're probably being cheap with the purchase initially. And it's not about the price that makes something cheap, but you know when you're being cheap. It's like you should, <laughs> what you what you should buy cost a hundred bucks, 
well, what about this one over here for 60 or 70? Like the $30 ain't helping you. So, (laughs) so that's right. You know, it's like, so let's find you three good microphones because you need a couple of different kinds. The first one is most people, since we're all kind of at home at the desk somewhere, they're about a good podcast style microphone is going to be fantastic. And this is something that you need to get. That's a dynamic style microphone, which means the pickup pattern or how well it picks up audio. It's going to be about the size of your head. And so one that I'm speaking into right now, I'm not saying get this one because it's a $400 microphone, but you get one called like the Samson, uh, not Samsung, but Samson Q2U or the Audio-Technica ATR 2100X. Okay. Isn't it? Fantastic. Yep. Those are dynamic style, podcast style microphones that run anywhere from $60 to $100 US. And the reason why you want to get those is because they reject background noise really well. And you do need to have those in the shot or, or at least close to you. I won't say in the shot, but you need them to have them closer to you because most people think, well, I want it way out the way. Okay. Audio that's away from you still sounds horrible. So yep. let's get that out of the, the mix there. The other kind would be something like a lapel microphone, something you see clipped onto the shirt. Or if you prefer to hide that underneath, I'm going to give everybody a pro tip to pay tape. <laughs> okay. okay. To Folks, I'm writing this down. This is really good. To pay tape. So if you're somebody that, or for us ladies, if the kind of shirts, because sometimes these, um, it can fold down if the mic, depending on the weight of the microphone right, or the way it's clipped right. or just the type of material, whatever. And you're like, okay, well, I'm wearing something that it clipped on me wouldn't be best. To pay tape is going to be your best. It's called Top Stick, I believe. Uh, but I'll make sure I give you the link for that. Uh, but this is something that you can hide if you have very sensitive skin, as I do. You can leave this on for 12 hours straight. It will not pull at your skin it won't uh, cause any skin irritations and you'll see stuff online for like youtube people using duct tape gaff tape don't do that because those do not have the medical grade type of glue for it to you know impact your skin or avoid a skin irritation Um, so this is the same stuff they use on movie sets uh george costanza when he (laughs) off of uh, seinfeld when he tried to use it, this is better than what he had, okay? And I was like, it's about 12, nine or 10, nine to 12 bucks on Amazon. So you can use that. And the reason why you want this is because whether you're using your phone or you're using like a mirrorless camera, this will allow you to have very clean audio, even if you're outside or something there about. You can get the uh, Rode Wireless Go 2s. That's uh, actually, I have them right here on my desk. Very, very small hook on a pocket or something. Um, you can even hide it um, anywhere near you. And this is a wireless unit that you can use, connects to your phone or your camera or even your computer. So that's great. So uh, if you're teaching at a whiteboard or whatever, you can have and be untethered from your camera source and walk around, but your audio still sounds like this because it's close proximity to you. Mm-hmm. The last one is for the more adventurous entrepreneur. Let's say you're getting into vlogging and this is not the, hey, I'm pouring a bowl of cereal vlogging. This is showing the, <laughs> because most people, most, most entrepreneurs, they get the wrong idea when it comes to vlogging. I am not, I don't, I don't care that you like Captain Crunch over Fruity Pebble. Like I, I don't care. Mm-hmm. But what your audience does care about is when you go to the construction site and showing how you all store and secure your tools to stay at a site overnight and showing them behind the scenes or how your clients do care of how you handle their process when they're getting started and you're showing a little behind the scenes of, you know, uh, what the onboarding process looks like for your new clients. So those kinds of things do matter. And so it's more of a documentary style vlogging. That's going to require something that's more of a shotgun style microphone. Um, That way it can sit on top of your uh, camera. It can sit on top of your phone or whatever, a little tripod stick, and that'll work good for you. So those are all my audio suggestions. Okay, great. Now. You were talking about having the phone and most people, I realize not everyone, but most people have a smartphone of some kind. Mm-hmm. And so when is it time to graduate from the phone recording the video to something else? When you want to, okay, or if you want a dedicated tool solely for video. Because it's not even a thing of quality. I started with my phone and my phone pissed me off. <laughs> so <laughs> it's simply because I need my phone for other stuff. Right. As much videos I'm doing or I'm taking a call 
And I want to document this or capture parts of that to share that out for whatever, just be real time, whatever. Okay, I need a camera source and I still need my phone, but the battery will be dead. I'm constantly having to worry about that, even with the great battery life uh, that we have now. Or I'm driving and I want to put the camera like on a seat somewhere or with a window suction cup thing or something. Mm. And I'm getting that or part of me traveling, whatever. Okay, I need my phone for the GPS and all kinds of other stuff to actually use it as my phone for business. I don't need to do that for a camera. So I needed a dedicated dedicated tool that was separate from my phone. So it's not really so much so uh, a quality kind of, it's just if either you want a dedicated tool to do the job for video or you just want a camera, then that's honestly the only two real reasons. It's not uh, any real quality per se. Yes, there are some things about it, but nothing at that stage that would make a hill of beans. Okay. Uh, Suggestions for video dedicated cameras. Okay. I have two primary cameras mm-hmm. that most people will fit in one or two camps. It's the Sony's DV1, which is a point and shoot style camera. It does have the fully articulating screen, um, lens retracts back into itself. So it's really small. And if you want something that you don't have to worry about purchasing lenses for or anything like that, but still have a lot of the same mirrorless technology, live streaming from the camera, unlimited recording, um, microphone import, kind of just ton of stuff baked into this camera. It has it. Oh, okay. And the next one, if you do want something where you can adapt lenses, if you're going for what I say, the bees knees hall of fame, <laughs> you want the full extent of what can be produced with a blurry background. And you want to have different lens options for maybe the different types of things that you intend to do uh, when it comes to video content. And you want to be able to have a couple different lenses to produce different kinds of looks. There's a new camera that's coming out that I think will be the best option for a lot of people with the features that it has and just in testing other cameras that have those same features. And that's the Sony ZV-E10. You're going to look at something that still has unlimited recording, has stabilization digitally so you can take care of all the things you need to, microphone port, a headphone port, which is the ZV-1 does not have. But you can listen and make sure that the audio isn't jacked up or what have you. Um, just a lot of ton of amazing things. I autofocus, both of these cameras have. Mm-hmm. So you sit down and for the people that wear glasses, this is for us because it can see past our spectacles and track the eye like it was a robot laser on something from a c- cartoon or what have you. But eye and face autofocus, even animal eye autofocus, which is pretty neat. Mm-hmm. ton of other stuff that you can use in your business. But for me, most importantly, the autofocus, the quality 4K video, again, unlimited recording, and the eye autofocus is, is superb. Gotcha. Okay. And you mentioned two, and then obviously a third camera that is as yet to come out. Ballpark it for us, cost on those. Actually, the ZV-1, and it's just the ZV-1 and the ZV-E10. Okay, so, two of them. Yeah, so the ZV-E10 actually uh, retails for, I believe it is $699, mm-hmm. $799 if you want to get the kit lens that comes with it. And the ZV-1 you can find for, I think, seven or $750 US, brand new. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Let's talk about some of the options there are for not recording your video we're just assuming that's all done at this point mm-hmm. everybody knows about youtube mm-hmm. i mean people know about tiktok and instagram and other things like that are there other options out there to get your messaging out through video that maybe aren't as well known but are still viable options mm. um, it depends on a niche and it depends on your audience and so okay. I think most major social platforms, social media platforms, you can just about find the where to go or the what to do. And it's not anywhere. It's like, oh, nobody knows about this social media platform per se. Um, And like you need to be there. I think the latest one that kind of came about was Clubhouse. And that's an audio only experience. Uh, And even in that way, I think that's very easy because the barrier to entry is low and acceptable if it's just on your, you know, speakerphone or what have you. 
Um, but most major platforms is pretty much it. You do have the introduction of things like uh, Amazon Live that is part of their Amazon Influencers uh, pro program. And then you have like LinkedIn Live and Twitter Spaces. So different features that are coming available on the platforms you're probably already familiar with. And I think right now, that's the biggest thing to watch for. It's not necessarily a new social platform per se, but new integrations of a how to do something or how to present your messaging um, on, on YouTube, Instagram, or the like. Gotcha. Okay. Now I'm going to change gears just a little bit. Okay. One of the things that we talk about on this podcast with regularity is purpose mm. or discovering and knowing your why, because that everything flows out of that. Mm. So let me ask you, what's your why? What's Diana's purpose? Well, so that's deep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Okay. So ultimately it's going to sound very interesting, but it really has nothing to do with videos. There is a purpose in the why I do what I do when it comes to that. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, life purpose, I want to be able to build in my hometown in St. Louis, Missouri, a nonprofit center that's focused around fine arts. So ultimately, that, that's like my ultimate goal and thing that I want to, to do and leave a mark with because personally, like I grew up in band involved in a lot of different fine arts activities. And I recognize how that helped tremendously with some of every aspect of anything that I still do to this day. And for a long time going now, those have been uh, just pretty much impacted more severely than any other department in most schools. And so kids don't have the benefit of participating in that or they got to travel further. Parents don't have access and things like that. So I want that's something ultimately life purpose that I want to build and like leave a legacy around. And so there's the life purpose there and the purposeful work that I do now. The reason why I'm so passionate and dedicated into the video work that I do is because I believe everybody has a purpose and a reason for being here. Whether or not you've uncovered that or not may still be uh, up for debate. But once you uncover what your purpose and your passion is, the, there are a lot of great mediums and forms of communication out there. I believe video is the best way that supersedes any other medium because, yes, while a podcast, you can listen and hear those voice inflections. But with video, you can see those small quirks, the small smirks on the face or whatever and say, oh, my sister does that or that's the same way. Or I noticed you had this in the background or blah, blah, blah. It just transcends and it connects you as close like when you especially get into like live video. That's as close to in-person, belly-to-belly interactions as we can get to in-person connections. And so I believe video is the best way to communicate that. And if more people operated in their purpose, I think a lot of the issues that we see just even globally with a lot of stuff and people always wondering, like, why don't somebody do something about it? Maybe it's you that's supposed to do something about it. But if you can't communicate your vision and share that and literally become a global entity with a freaking free Gmail account, <laughs> a free YouTube account, you know, and you know, if you can't communicate your message with all this free stuff, nobody's going to find out about that. And I believe mm. the video is the best way to do that. So my aim is to help entrepreneurs simplify learning that video stuff so that you can get back to the business of why you created your company to begin with. Mm. Love that. Love that. Thank you for sharing that. My pleasure. So let's say we have someone who is like, okay, listening, watching this particular episode is like, all right, Diana, I'm convinced I'm an entrepreneur and I have not been either. I've not been doing a good job of video or I just haven't been doing it at all. How, how do I start? Um, what do I need to create in the beginning? so that I can avoid a lot of the missteps you were talking about earlier. Mm. I think the, the biggest thing is going to be commitment. If you're not committed and you don't make video a priority in what you're doing, it's always dismissible. It's always a later and it's like whatever kind of a feeling towards it. So 
the biggest thing is going to be commitment because people complain about consistency all day long and consistency issues are just a result of commitment issues. If you're not committed to a thing, then you can always be inconsistent with it. You're going to be consistent in something. It just may not be what you want. (laughs) So that's going to be the first thing. Mm -hmm. The other thing, like if you're trying to avoid pitfalls and things like that, you need to align your video content and the video mission and purpose for why you're doing what you're doing. And that can tie into your current business model. But you have to assign roles to the video work that you're going to do. Otherwise, again, it becomes dismissible, seems fruitless and point, pointless. And it doesn't matter what you buy. I've had people to drop three, $4,000 and still complain a year later. I haven't used any of this stuff that I bought. You got commitment mm-hmm. issues. Consistency issues are always commitment issues. That's going to be the number one biggest thing. Everything else will come back of that because you'll buy a ton of stuff. Assuming if I just had this, then I could get my stuff to look like that. And then I'd want to create. And then if I'd create, then I'd get the, it's no, you just playing the excuses, Russian roulette, if you will. And that's always a losing game. Gotcha. Okay. Who is an ideal client for Diana? Hey. I would say it's an entrepreneur that's clear in the what it is that you're doing. You probably already have an existing business for a while and you have been making videos or you're ready to get started. Both are okay. Mm-hmm. But you're at a point that you want to start with clarity versus confusion. And so that's an ideal client for me because you're teachable and coachable. And so if I give you something to do, by the next time we have a session, you'll come back and have done it versus like, oh, well, guess what happened in this and that order. <laughs> so that's an ideal client because even once our coaching session is over and you're done with the program or what have you, you can still keep pushing on because you have the basis of the what you need. And then now I've taught you the strategies and you can go on and continue doing your video content work. Okay. Well, now that we've talked about who your ideal client is, I would not be doing my job on this podcast if I didn't broach the subject of relationships. Mm. Because it is my long-held belief, Diana, that in order to be the absolute best you can be in business, it requires you to have fabulous relationships outside of work. It's whatever you deem to be significant. It could be a spouse. It could be friends. It could be a significant other. It could be coworkers or clients. But having those relationships outside of work and having those working as they're supposed to be allows us to be able to get better in business. So let me ask you, what are you doing right now to work on those significant relationships and what impact do those relationships have on your business? Mm, That's such a great question. I think the biggest thing that I did to impact positively any of the relationships is in 2019, started working on two core focuses that I have not ceased to do, stopped doing yet, which is communication and forgiveness. Because, and I mean like books, programs, like the whole, whole, you go for the gold. And the reason why I say that is because most people have a problem with communication because either you have a problem listening which is a lot of us, or you have a problem in communicating clearly to the other person in a way that they actually understand what you are saying versus going off an assumption and what they think you're saying, which leads to a lot of complex communications that didn't have to happen to begin with. And now you got to do double work to clear up what they thought you meant and what they thought you said, but you couldn't figure out why they didn't hear you the first time when you thought you said it clearly. And so that just winds up becoming a whole confuddled mess. So communication is key. And then the listening without emotion sometimes and the listening without being combative and I'm just waiting for my opportunity to speak. Mm. Because if I can clearly accept what you are saying, confirm clarity in how you are saying it, then by the time I have a response for you, I can give you an actual true response because a lot of times we're giving responses to stuff that are not our true thought is just a top of mind thought. And that may not be what's best. So it taught me to sometimes wait. Sometimes you get in the conversation like, I don't have an answer for that right now. I need to think about that. And even if they want an answer right now, it's like, I'm not walking away from this conversation. 
I do want to address this and I do want to talk about it. I don't care how hot the conversation gets. It's to say, though, if I talk to you now, we're going to have a problem because you're not going to like that first layer of thought that I'm having right now. I really need time to process this so I can give you an accurate answer versus an emotionally based answer. Mm-hmm. And if your other party, whoever that is, can agree to that, and then also them work, that helps them to work on their communication, then you can have way, but that helps tremendously. And then the other thing is forgiveness, because sometimes you do speak out of emotion and the other person does also, but you have to be willing to be in a state of forgiveness because if you aren't, then you're never going to be able to have a good bed of just, you know, pliable ground so that you can grow. There's n- if you just on a rocky surface the whole time, you're just bouncing off of each other constantly. And this is in any relationship. So that's, that's been the one thing. And then as far as the relationships around me, this has been since, goodness, like 2016, I would say. I took a care in removing all relationships and went into, what was it, like a six-month mental fast and digital fast. No social media, no nothing, just personal self-development books, no TV, uh, any of that. And so the reason why is because sometimes we're so consumed with external thoughts and other people's voices, we have not heard our own. We don't know what we're thinking. And so when you get alone by yourself, you are either confused, frustrated, upset, or sad because of what you are now thinking and dealing with. Okay, well, it wasn't, and I told my best friends, like, I need not to talk to you for a while. It ain't nothing wrong, but I just need, like, some for real deep me time to just have me time. Nobody complained about that. And so um, that's the one thing. And then when I came into reintroducing friendships, it's always about barriers. Not Well, I won't say barriers is the wrong word, but that's how I think about it. But it's really about uh, protecting your emotions and not even like protecting them, but building yourself up stronger. So you're like not super sensitive. I think that's a huge problem that a lot of people are. You're so sensitive and so triggered to be offended. Again, you're not listening most of the time or something they're about. And so with relationships, I had to now make sure I'm in an agreeable state with the amount of access that I'm giving people. So when I'm with them, I'm fully attentive to being with them. I'm not thinking, I'm not posting online. Like when I go spend time with my mom and dad, the phone is in the other room. I won't pick it up for hours. May fall asleep, may have dinner, <laughs> may all this other stuff. Haven't checked my phone and whatever, because this is, I'm fully committed to being present with my family. And so the relationships, it's always about making sure that there is some level of understanding and equality in that way to where when I'm with you, I'm fully present in being with you and that other person is also so that it's an enjoyable time and they don't feel like they're taking away from you. So when I'm with business, I'm fully committed and I'm fully present in business time and they're respective of that. So it's about establishing boundaries, proper boundaries and respect and just honoring those relationships that you're building. Great. Okay. So you've done the hard work of working on you which in turn has allowed you to do sometimes the even harder work of figuring out the times, the kinds of people that you need to be surrounding yourself with. Wow. Now that you've kind of worked through all of that, what impact do those relationships have on your business or in your business world? What of the work that you did personally, what are you taking into your profession to help you? Mm. So the relationships help because it's not about people just like speaking well, but people that can speak life into sometimes when you're having weak states of mind uh, or you're just like, you're just not in it that day. And they can snap you too and just like, what the heck is wrong with you? It's like, <laughs> it's like you're great, you know? It's or, or it's, and not, not just to say you're great, but it's like the whole thing about uh, dispelling the devil. And just more or less, it's like, no, that's not true. You're just in a weak state of mind at the moment. Stop trying to make business decisions when you're like that. And so that's helped tremendously because it makes you take a pause sometimes when you don't want to or you're so frustrated and adamant on success or the whatever is the current focus that you go into business time and you may need to go into me time. And so the relationships that I have and the people that speak life into me can call me out at those moments and just be like, maybe you want to go take a nap. And it's not even like, like a kid go take a nap, but you just like need to step away, unplug, go watch something fun, enjoy yourself. 
and don't think about that. Come back to that tomorrow. And those, that's what's been helpful. So what I've been able to take into the business, again, is a more fully present version of myself that's able to focus and be in a strong mental state so that I can do what I need to do. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Well, I've got one last question before we get to our final four. <clears throat> Actually, okay, there's two. Okay. <laughs> um, the first one is, how can people find you? Okay. Um, you can find me at dinagladney.com. And anywhere on social media is also at dinagladney, except for Twitter. I screwed up the first account, so it's at dinagladney with the number two. <laughs> okay. Um, and the last, what I'll call difficult question, at least I think so. How do you define success? Hmm. I was, I would define success when I've gotten to a point of significance. And that means that I can look around to clients, community members, and the like, and see the work that they've been able to do that was a result of something that I did in their life. And so for me, it's not about my personal success, but moving even past that to levels of significance to where the work that I've done actually contributed in a positive way to somebody getting into their levels of success in their purposeful work. Love that. Love that. Thank you for sharing that. Mm. All right. Now we're going to get into our final four. There's just four quick questions. You just tell me the first thing that pops in your head. Okay. <laughs> All right. And I will warn you, the first one's probably the most difficult of the four. Okay. All right, here it is. Why did God create Diana? Mm. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. Okay. Um, I would always say for me personally is to be the lion of God, to go fearlessly and boldly and to do my purposeful work. That's what I believe. Mm, love that. Thank you. Oh, that was so good. Folks, that's quotable, by the way. <laughs> Tweet that out. That's Tweetable. <laughs> that's right. All right. Or create a meme for it. There you go. <laughs> that's right. We'll take a snapshot of Diana, put that in there, make it look pretty. There you go. All right. Question number two. What are you doing, reading, or listening to right now that's helping you grow? Mm. Um, doing quiet time. I'm getting into that season uh, of the year where I'm getting ready to go back into another digital fast. And so I'm preparing everything to get into a season of silence. I, I'll do this every year um, for a few months towards the end of the year, towards the fall. It's getting into quiet. And so I'll read a lot. Um, I just started a book. I'm trying to think of what the name of it is. I have to look it up really quickly. But it's a, a, a book on branding. I uh, can't call of it, can't call of it right now, but that's what I'm doing. I'm getting into a reading season where I'm just getting quiet and I'm starting to uh, study tremendously. And it's going to bother me I don't if I don't find it. But well, This is the one I highly recommend if you don't have it. It's called You Are the Brand by Mike Kim. I saw Mike Kim just did. He was at the time he was doing the audio book for uh, that one. So I saw that just came out, but I haven't haven't read it yet. But that's on my list. Perfect. Well, when you find it, let us know. <clears throat> the business of expertise. That's what it is. The business of the business of expertise. By, by. Let me see if it doesn't start playing, playing the audio. It's on Audible. Okay. David C. Baker, The Business of Expertise by David C. Baker. That's what I'm currently listening to. Perfect. All right. Well, we'll include that in the show notes, folks. Question number three. Mm -hmm. What do you do for fun? I like watching X-Men animated series. And okay. I like to, <laughs> I love to watch that so much. And I love watching anime, uh, specifically um, the ones that are still in Japanese. Because oh. um, it's like, so I have a friend that speaks Japanese. And so we'll play like I'm learning different words or whatever. But because it's like cultures, um, just the essence is still in that original form. And so I don't mind when it's in English because I can definitely watch it better. Um, but I've gotten so engrossed in different, different anime uh, series and stuff like that. So uh, one that comes to, to mind right now is Full Metal Al Alchemist. It's one of my favorites. Absolutely one of my favorites. That one is in English, but... One of my favorites ever. Okay. And question number four. What are you most grateful for? 
uh, I am most grateful for I right now, honestly, like the peace in my life. And it's not like something I've had to fight for or whatever, but I see so much chaos in other people's lives and stuff. I'm very grateful for like a consistent life lived that is free from a lot of unnecessary stuff. And I'm just super grateful for that. And then the next thing, of course, would be my mother and father are still alive and I still am able to spend time with them and all of that. And so I'm super grateful for that because even like, let's take yesterday, for example, random call to my mom and just asking about my grandparents and my great grandparents and stuff like that. So I'm just, I don't know, I'm just super grateful. I recognize the older that I get, the older that they're getting. At some point, they're not going to be here. So I'm just extremely grateful for the time that I have with them right now. And I'm just very present and aware of that. Mm, love that. Thank you for sharing that. So Diana, thank you very much for sharing so much of your time with us today. It uh, was really, really helpful. Um, again, folks, if you want to get in touch with Diana, dianagladney.com and all social media platforms, save Twitter, Diana Gladney, the number two, everything else is at Diana Gladney. That's how you can find her and entrepreneurs. If you're not on video, okay, this is me shaking you through the microphone and the video saying, get off your duff and do it because anything is better than what you're doing now, which is nothing, but we can do better than that. So let's do better together. Let Diana be the one to help you through that process because she's great at it. So thank you all for being here with us today. Thank you, Diana, for your time. And we will talk to all of you next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlin. Thanks again for listening. And remember, 